0: Good evening, Patriots. Today is Thursday, September 29th, and as always, East Coast, you're a bit ahead of us. I really came to appreciate that when I was on the East Coast. These shows get really late when you're doing them, and I guess when you're sitting enjoying them, I hope you're enjoying them. On the East Coast, I guess it kind of gets late and you go to sleep, but not when you're doing them. I'm telling you, you fall asleep during a show. That's kind of embarrassing. I had a couple on this trip that I literally was I had to literally go back later and even know what I said. I was so tired. But that's where you're really trusting in in God. You're like, okay, man, get me through this because I don't know. Hey, Patriots, before we begin, there's a lot of things going on, obviously, in our world. And one of those very important things is making sure that we're protecting the hard-earned wealth that you have. Right now, wealth is at high risk. Um, this is a ponzi scheme of a system we're in as we know and so people at birch gold can help you move your money into hard assets gold and silver and that's why we have them the last time we went through a recession there were stocks that literally went to zero washington mutual lehman brothers chrysler multiple blue chip stocks went to little or no value almost overnight could that happen again and if it did are your savings protected Why not own something that has never been valued at zero? Gold. Historically, your best hedge against inflation, which is racing out of control as we speak. The savviest Americans diversify their savings to protect them from the downturns in the market, from global instability, and from a falling dollar. Do you? Birch Gold Group helps you hold gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account. In fact, if you have a 401k or IRA that's underperforming, Just text BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898 and you can convert that into an IRA in precious metals right now. Text BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898 and Birch Gold will send you a free info kit on diversifying into gold tax-free. Hedge against inflation. Protect your hard-earned money. Get your free info kit by texting BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898 today. And that's barge to And you'll get your free info pack. It's really good. Patriots, we are heading into a cashless time. They're already trying to ramp this up. And part of this fight that they're really looking at is a sustained wear down of people. I think we have to be very cautious on celebrating wins right now. I don't obviously God always has a win and God's motions for doing things, I think, on a bigger level frame things very well in terms of how God can be. We're going to look at a little bit of that tonight and just trying to look at some of these from a bigger lens, but we ourselves have to be pretty vigilant. They're going to work very hard right now at rolling out their system in a soft way and not an aggressive way. They've done some aggressive actions to keep people in fear. Fear is a very critical component of their control. So is trauma. So fear and trauma. The COVID crisis created a mass amount of trauma across the world. We can see that with those that are still wearing masks, that those that are still believing in the vax, even though the latest line, which is even circulating in some of my extended family, which I just shake my head at, um, is is this? It's I'm glad I got COVID finally after they've been vaxed and boosted. I'm glad I got COVID finally. Now it'll be easier going forward that narrative somehow has been seeded into the vaxxed. And it's a way of ensuring that if they're vaxxed, they still believe that the injection does good, even though it's not perfect. And the idea of getting COVID now is a good thing because they believe that the vax keeps them from dying. And that's pretty much the nonsense that's going on. I think, and what this really brings me to is Romans 1, to 32. Professing to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man and of birds and of four-footed animals and crawling creatures. Therefore, God gave them over to the lusts of their hearts to impurity so that their bodies would be dishonored among them. For they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them over to degrading passions. For their women exchanged the natural function that which is unnatural for that which is unnatural. And in the same way, also, the men abandoned the natural function of women and burned in their desire toward one another, men with men committing indecent acts and receiving in their own persons the due penalty of their error. And just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer, God gave them over to a depraved mind to do those things which are not proper, being filled with unrighteousness, wickedness, greed, evil, full of envy murder strife deceit malice they are gossips slanderers haters of god insolent arrogant boastful inventors of evil disobedient to parents without understanding untrustworthy unloving unmerciful and although they know the ordin- ordinance of god that those who are who practice such things are worthy of death They not only do the same, but also give hearty approval to those who practice them. Now, bear with me a minute, because I think this is going to get uncomfortable for some, but I want to point out something here that I always find intriguing about this passage. I'm going to read it again, and then I'm just going to delicately walk into this because of the nature of the subject. But it says, again, and this is starting at... 27 in the same way also men abandoned their natural functions of women so that would mean reproduction right and burned in their desire towards one another which would be homosexual love men with men committing indecent acts we can only imagine and this is the part i find interesting in its implications, receiving in their own persons the due penalty in their air. That's gay sex. And what that suggests is that there is a penalty of greater than we can understand at a spiritual level of not co-creating as a man and a woman. And that would be the inception of the sperm and the egg. And... There's something in that passage. I'm not going to dig into it too much, but I think you can follow that. I'll let you kind of take that to prayer. But there is something much bigger here in the penalty than just the fact. And I, in that passage, it always strikes me that there is a something greater. It's in the energy of the creation of life that's being wasted and being Seated into another man, which is greater than a penalty than even just having homosexual love. I, that's what I see. And it's, it gets to the dark sin of homosexual love and what that leads us to. So this is that sense of a spiritual war. And what's interesting about this passage is that God gave them over to their lusts. We always put the finger on Satan. But in Romans 1, to 32, and what Romans one twenty-two to 32 describes when I read it is exactly what we're witnessing today. Um, someone asked me on the chat, am I talking about monkeypox sex? Yes, that would be that. So there you go. You got your answer. So Romans 1, 22 to 32 is a powerful passage in that it is very descriptive of the iniquities of today and what we're looking at and facing. And again, what I find most powerful about this is it is God who gave them over to their lusts of their hearts to imp- of impurity. I mean, that that's amazing to me. <clears throat> and. That gets back to a bigger question right now when we start to look at the world. And as we look across the world, we start, we try to look at everything in terms, we've been looking at everything in terms of like deep state evil versus a, an imaginary white hat. And I don't think we're being honest and scriptural about this. There's no doubt that there is a clash between good and evil. There's no question about that. But that concept, Satan is already lost. At the best of what he's trying to do is bargain a deal of detente. He knows he can't defeat God. But at the best, and I would say if we look across, I would say that that bargaining is to say like, Look at how many people I've infected who willfully use their free will to infect themselves with this vax, as an example. And to try to, in Satan's mind, broker a deal of detente with with Father God to where he's left, there's no one left on the earth that's not corrupted. And I'd say that, I mean, that makes a lot of sense to me because the whole idea is, To corrupt the genome right now, there is a massive push towards corrupting the genome, which is the purity of God's line. So as we look across the world and we look at this fight, it is worth stepping back for a minute and at least attempting to see it as God might be moving the board rather than from our own optics, which tend to be very narrow and very limited. And one of the things that becomes extremely evident, which is powerful when you think about it, is that every single heart, every single person's heart is being shaken on this planet right now. There is no one, no one that isn't touched by the events of today, which began with the COVID con. And that whole event, the lead up of these things, all of these events of like George Floyd and I can't breathe and. Women, Me Too, and all these things were, were slow catalysts to start bringing things up to the surface. And with each event of the one side, which we'll call Satan's fools, as they run to protest and demonstrate, manipulated or directed, what we see is that there's so many other pieces that start to filter out. That's always God's way. So let me just give you an example. And believe me, um, this is not to disparage or to diminish the suffering that's going on in Florida right now. But I just want to point out something I find very interesting. There's a tremendous amount of ravaging going on in a couple of port towns. Fort Myers is one. It's been destroyed. And I bring this up because we know that child sex trafficking uses ports. So I, I don't know whose hand is involved here mar wasn't hit, Fort Myers was, I don't know if there's any connection, we'd have to dig deeper. But again, there is, we tend to look immediately at the evil and not necessarily at God's hand of cleansing and resetting the earth. I think this is an important point to take because we can oversimplify a topic and not realize the the power, and the way that God would work. So every event, like take Florida, for example, the most recent, has the opportunity of bringing more people to Jesus. And we're seeing it as people are are losing things. What is the parable? It's the parable of the poor rich man. And what's the lesson in that? We must give away everything, but we must give away more than just our physical things. We have to let go of our spiritual anchors as well. That's really a deeper message in the parable of the poor rich man or the young rich man. Where he's having to give away everything, but what he ultimately gets to is he identifies what I will call spiritual hooks. And that's a term from some old work I did. But the spiritual hooks literally prevent him from not only, he can't just sell it and give give the profits away. He's hooked into the power of what those mean to him because they have a greater worship and meaning. It's an idolatry that's hooked him to where he can't let go and walk away. Now, think about the folks in Florida right now. They're not getting a choice. They're looking to lose everything. So is that a curse or is that a blessing? And I think that a lot of that, it depends on the optic on how we bring things and how we approach things. And I think that's extremely important because right now I was going through a whole list of TikToks that are dedicated to daily prayer and daily worship. And there's a, I've looked over the last 10 days of stuff that was posted and there's a consistent theme popping up right now, which is fear not, fear not, fear not. When you're afraid, turn to Jesus. And I understand where it's coming from, but it's also showing a real weakness in faith that apparently these audiences are not grasping the magnitude of fear nothing when you're walking with Jesus. And they're having to be constantly reminded to turn to Jesus and hence through Christ to the Father to, to not fear. Patriot's, if there's one message that we all should be getting at this point and said 365 times in the Bible, that depends on the version, but that's essentially it, which is to fear not. I mean, that's such a critical foundation message, and we've talked a lot about this, but right now is one of those principal times there should be no fear. We can't control the, the size and magnitude of these events, number one. They're far out of our reach and grasp. As you would say in the military, it's beyond our pay grade. We can't control the movement of the threats of the end of the world of nuclear war. If you're worried about that stuff, literally like, go get some sleep on a MyPillow or something. And use your BARD's code while you're there because you'll get another pillow and it's super comfortable and it's a good deal. So go to my pillow, get a BARD's code, and then go get some sleep and leave this fear-mongering alone. But what we're really seeing here is a number, the amount of people that just are not anchored in that true, intimate, living relationship with Jesus, and we're also not looking at this from the perspective that much of this can be the hand of Father God doing these things. There is a there is a gift in losing everything. You cease to be attached if you're willing to accept the gift. We can't take it with us, and the only way out is through Jesus. Jesus said to him, this is John fourteen six. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So how do you get people there when they're so attached to the things and in this fear-mongering time, they're clutching on to everything that they have? One way is to strip them of everything. And I'm not saying that Father God's punishing this or anything, but I just want to give you a perspective that whoever, whoever, whatever is behind that hurricane, because there's no question that there's some man-made engineering involved in this thing. It's too big and too crazy. But there's gifts in that. And I think this is a really important point, is we have to look towards the gifts that are being given in spite of the hand of evil. And that's how Father God's working. There's this massive opportunity for patriots to come together right now as we see others, believers, and even non-believers out here needing help. It's our opportunity to step in, lean in, and take action to start building that fellowship that we have so well that and expanding that kingdom. So, again, really important point to keep eyes on the bigger issue. And when you're doing this, you're detaching a lot from fear. And that's really important. Look, I will tell you, after the six weeks I've been on the road, someone asked me today that, are you taking some rest? And I said, yeah, I I took a few hours this morning. And they laughed. They said, when are you going to rest? And I said, I'm not. Because this is what happened after this trip for me. I had amazing experiences and amazing encounters, and I had so many of them in such a bold way. Not only has it just taken my own faith and spirituality to a new level, it's like there's a hunger that rests within me to pursue that intimate relationship with Christ in a whole new level, but it's also there for everybody. It's not just I'm just talking of my own process, but it's there for everybody. And it really is important that we do this. I think when we talk, I may have said some of this last night, but I'm going to say it again tonight because I think the message is important. I know that I said it today on Brighty on TV. And that was this is that for women, when we talk about love and Jesus and we talk about Jesus seeking a bride, for women that's a very comfortable association. You you understand that from a deeply emotional and nurturing and mothering and protective side. But in this day and age, when we use that with men and we talk about Jesus seeking a bride and essentially those that seek his heart, and we're talking about the passion of pursuing Jesus, I think it's difficult for men to associate with those sorts of things like bride and and love, if we're going to talk about salty and and strong men, without feeling like there's a migration thanks to the word corruption of this Luciferian order that leads the world, without feeling there's some sort of migration towards gayness or weakness. And it does feel awkward. So I'm working through some new wording. I was working with Brad Cummings on it yesterday and he and I were in agreement. And I'm, I'm continuing to kind of shape this. So I'm going to kind of put this in perspective. I think for men, I think the easier way to describe that pursuit of Jesus is like hunting. And I hope you hunt because it's really good anyway. It's not about the kill. It's about the hunt itself. And that's the whole point is so that once you get hunting in your blood, whether it's bow hunting or rifle hunting, the whole process of hunting is a consuming passion. It's in your heart. It's in your blood. You seek it. You want to, you want to get better. You want to learn stocking. You want to learn camouflage. You want to learn the habits of the deer or, the, or whatever you're hunting, elk, antelope, turkeys, whatever it is you're hunting. You breathe it. You live it. You dream it. You get your gear ready before season. You look forward to any special seasons. You're, you're always working to keep your skills right. You're, you're going to modify your rig off season to get it ready. And hunting becomes a living, breathing part of your life. See, that same passion, that same intensity is what we need men to be pursuing Jesus with. with. Because that's the intensity, that's the warrior spirit that comes alive in men when we do seek Jesus. Jesus. And so, you know, it's easy to, I'm not trying to create a sexist position here because I think as men need to learn to have more compassion and love, women need to learn to have more warrior instinct. I think those two are true. But for the sake of this conversation, when we're really, I'm kind of honing in on men, we need to amplify that warrior Jesus in the hearts of men, that Jesus that is like the hunt, that you're just, you're passionate driving all the time. Instead of getting more ammo and, and cleaning your guns, you're, you're digging into scripture to load that ammo chamber with new scripture and new tools for warfare. And that's the strength that we need in men as we face this. Because this time that we're in is a very critical time of us standing very strongly and boldly in Jesus, with Jesus. And bringing that into the world, that means standing on truth, and that means confronting things that are not easy. Truth is not intended to be easy, but truth is part of agape love, and it's that power of truth and solidity that we stand on, that firmness on that rock with Jesus, that allows us to weather literally any storm. No weapon forged against us shall succeed. It doesn't mean you're not going to get cut by the blade. It means it won't kill you. And it doesn't mean that the storm won't batter you some, but it means that your feet are so solid on that rock and you're so protected and tucked in with Father God right there that even when the storm is rattling you, you're solid. And the example I know that I gave last night, and I think I gave it today as well, is the firefighter who's on the line when a fire breaks the line and does a a flashover. They carry on their belt a fire tent or fire blanket and it it literally pulls off and they tuck inside of it in that flashover of the fire. It may end up singeing some hair because it'll get so hot in that little tent, fireproof tent. But you will not die of burns. So this is kind of the world that we're in where we have to strengthen in our homes with each other We really, and with our fellowships, we have to strengthen that boldness in Christ. I really think that we're in a flipping of tables time, and and it's important to continue to have the compassion, but Christ is so portrayed, and I've said this so many times, like this hippie, it drives me crazy. And this man is so strong and powerful, and it's necessary that we grasp onto that, because that's the strength in him. And, you know, it's interesting because there's not that, when you think about a man's life, we don't have that many passages overall of Jesus. Yet we think we know everything about him. And that's fairly naive. What we know about Jesus is profound. But what we explore and learn when we build the relationship with Jesus is greater than all of that. And as he reveals himself in our heart and we truly get to know him and we have the conversation with him, and we get to have the intimacy with him this is when things get to be profound the strength that he offers that clarity that he offers and that's part of us being reborn in him so these are just some challenges that i put forward for people to explore because this is an important time to really dig into our relationships and it begins very simply and you know, i i joke and jest at times about being that guy with the invisible little friend that you're talking to as you're driving down the road, except my invisible little friend, quote unquote, is our King and Savior. And I'm talking to Jesus regularly, and I really don't care what people think. And with that, there's this opportunity to build this relationship, because this is real. And I I know that this gets people a little uneasy, but just bear with me because I'm not condemning anybody. But it's one of the reasons that I don't spend a lot of time putting eyes on the cross. I definitely don't do the Catholic thing where they're worshiping him pinned on the cross. That's like a, a head of a boar or a elk or something you got mounted on your wall. And the cross itself, I know, is very sy- symbolic for many people to remind them of the sacrifice. And I get that. But for me, I tend to not put a lot of emphasis on the cross. I put a lot of the emphasis on the living Jesus, the one that resurrected, he who resurrected. And perhaps that's more in terms of like the Christian fish, which was the symbol of talking, of identifying each other later on after he resurrected. So it's just some thoughts there because it's, we don't, we're not dealing with a dead Jesus. Or a sacrifice to Jesus. We're dealing with the resurrected son of God. And he's part of us. And I think that is and he's all but told us what authorities we have which are in itself extremely profound in in, in what we're given. And I've done these many times. Behold, I have given you authority to walk on snakes and scorpions and authority over all the power of the enemy and nothing will injure you. I hope that those words can sink in now as you start to feel like you've got the armor on, you're that soldier that has now gone through basic training, you're starting to get ready to be a real soldier. These are the words that should empower you. John 14:12. truly, truly, I say to you, the one who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. So let's stop there for a minute before I finish it. So he's, that is so clear if you're believing in Jesus and the works that he does, whether that is feeding the masses with a few pieces of bread and fish, whether that is walking on water, people don't like these comments, but listen to what he's saying. If you believe, if he who believe, the one who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. This is red letter language. I'm, not encouraging you to go walk out on the middle of the lake and jump out of the boat and think you're going to walk on water. I don't think it works that way. But nonetheless, these are some important concepts to embolden us and to realize more and more who we are. And then as this finishes in John 14, 12, and greater works than these he will do. Greater works because I'm going to the Father. These are profound blessings that have been given to us. As Jesus has been, has given truly to us this insight into who we are as another way of living. His sacrifice was more than just our sins. It was the opportunity to see another way. Not to live in hate. Not to live as slaves in the repressed. Not to be consumed like the Pharisees with money and power. And then that goes back to the parable of the young rich man. Again, the opportunity that Christ gives that man is to walk with him. What a profound opportunity. And yet the young rich man can't do it because he can't let go of his things. He can't sell them and then give his money away. That's that trust in Father God. And that's part of the transition and transformation that we each have to make where we aren't focused on these material hooks that are keeping us here, anchored, tied. This is a, this is a beast system or fallen system, and we're, we're still very much interlaced with it. I saw a comment in the previous show, Bards FM, and the comment was, how do we separate from the system without losing everything? It's an interesting statement. I'm not picking on anybody. I know who wrote it, and it's a great statement, so I want to bring it up, because it's, it's, to me, one of those traps that's set by Satan himself. So how do we succeed without losing everything? We do so by losing everything. That's the parable and the, and the parody of that moment. By losing everything, we are left with only one thing, and that's Jesus in our heart and the trust in Father God. And through that, we become greater than we've ever been. And that's where we go. That doesn't mean death. I'm talking in the material world. So if you're looking at a moment here where, and we may see this coming, this is why I bring this up, They're already talking even in like my county about attempts to confiscate food or confiscate your Mm -hmm. things. Look, we're heading into a very dark time. Government is ramping up potentially to do some very dark things. And it could also be the military that'll be asked and tasked with going door to door to do searches and to pull out what they determine you don't need, like your, your preps these are going to challenge a lot of people and some, like we see in in another example of this, what's happening right now in Fort Myers, people are losing everything, but there's an enviable moment for them. If they're reaching to father God, they are now free and they can now, and he is there to step in and provide, but it's going to take a lot of faith. And this is where I think most importantly right now, those in this what we'll loosely call the remnant have such amazing opportunity to provide prayer and support to those that are going through this. Some are already with you Je- walking with Jesus. So this hopefully won't be a hard transition for them though. Moments of loss and trauma make fear and anxiety settle in. And the difficulty with that is we're not listening well to father God. But, In a moment like this, this is where the the fellowship through the remnant can be so significant as we can pray and talk and help people see the gift that's been given. That parable of the young rich man is so apropos for the moment because where he couldn't do it, people are left with no other option but to do it, meaning to let go as things are destroyed. But the next level of that is to truly let it go in peace and forgiveness for whatever reasons and to then walk into this new paradigm where you are freed from what was holding you back and now walking in a more bold and beautiful way with Jesus. In 2017, when I literally lost everything, it was, there's a very freeing piece to that. Today is God has provided and I've rebuilt my life in an amazing way thanks to the grace of the Lord. There is a process that I go through regularly, and I've mentioned this, which is going through the things that I have and identifying anything that I feel uneasy about letting go. And whenever I do that, I take it to prayer and I work through what it is that I'm hanging on to because ultimately we are not taking any of this with us other than what we gain and experience in this life. And if that's an experience that is obsessed with fear and anxiety and concerns of losing something, I would say we're not taking a whole lot with us at all. Because most of that is living for ourselves, living through material things, living through idolatries, and all of that is literally going to be burned away in the transformation of purity as we face father God and have to have him look into our heart. If as long as we are pursuing Jesus, these things around us become useful tools, hopefully not hooks. And it's again, it's back to that pursuit of Jesus. And as we pursue him to dig deeper into him, I think it becomes easier and easier, not only to let go of these things and to let go of our own personal inequities and sins. But it, it it's also giving us so much strength as we move forward and clarity as to how this walk is. This, I would, I've talked about it quite a bit and I'll talk about it less as we move forward. But this trip to see how Father God worked and how Jesus showed up to truly see how the whole thing knitted together perfectly as I trusted in him. And to that end I need I need to thank you all because you know that I don't ask and I I just don't believe in it of asking for donations. And yet <laughs> the entire trip's gas was paid for by random donations from all you all. So thank you. And that's just, again, that's just how Father God works. There's just so many humbling pieces about this when we trust in him. And as we find that peace within that relationship, it becomes all-consuming. It becomes something we want more of each and every day. Eager to wake up in the morning, to pray, eager to walk in the day, to have the conversations, eager to share that joy in the, just in our existence and the way we walk, eager to encounter people and to see how Jesus is going to show up when we ask him to walk with us. And it happens. And it's those powers of us walking that way in this world that are shaking the world deeper, we're becoming those lights, those lamps that people are seeking. I mentioned uh, this church in Yuba City, and one thing about Pastor Dave that runs the church there is that very simple concept of how they're running the church, which is to become the light in the community, that when things get so dark, people see what they're doing and say, I want some of this. To have some of this, it begins with accepting Christ. And so I would say it's the same for each of us as we walk in that passion and that love for Christ. Others do seek and do want some of that. And as they do, we become the light, the motivation, the inspiration to talk about Jesus in this relationship that we all have. it's, it's It's the personal, intimate relationship that we each build and that our churches should, the good churches, are helping us build a greater knowledge around that. But each of us has that very personal opportunity for a very personal and intimate relationship with Christ. And that's not going to be formed by how the pulpit tells you to pray. It's going to be formed by how you interact and trust and to dig in deep into that. And that, again, I think that powerful passage is related into the parable of the young rich man. And I, I think it also begins very simply with prayer at times. If we're having trouble finding it, then just ask father God to open the door. And that's kind of as interesting pieces, like some of the most obvious things that we can do. Father God is there not to expect us to navigate a maze to figure it out. All we have to do is ask. And as we ask, it shall be provided in its many different forms. So, Don't hesitate, but be my word for the night. Don't hesitate to speak, to ask for what you need. Because Father God is there to nurture us, He's there as our Father who sacrificed His Son for us. It's fairly profound. And He wants us to grow. Is nothing I think that complements him greater. is in we're seeking his love and trying to seek it deeper. And that goes to the beginning when we were given free will. And that power of free will is, can be devastating for those that walk away from it and can be unbelievably glorious beyond words as we dig into it and realize what he's there to offer, which is beyond anything we can imagine. So in the coming weeks and months, there's going to be some big shakings. I think this is going to be a fairly steady storm. I think the metaphor of what's going on now in Florida, a slow, steady storm that's ravaging things, is going to be the process of our life for some time. Because the old has to be torn down. The walls of the heart have to be shredded. And people have to see very clearly of where they want to stand. And there will be some that will always stand on that other side. And unfortunately, they will pay a consequence. But in all of this, our strength through Father God, our strength through Jesus, is going to be what leads the many back to him. And I think that's probably one of the greatest gifts of this time. And it's not something to be prideful about, it's just something to be humbled by, to know that as we've walked here, we've arriving and are continuing to arrive at places where the opportunity to bring people to Christ by the very way in which we live and are inspired in his love are increasing massively, and the world needs it, and Father God trusts us to walk in that space. I think that's pretty big. Let's pray. Father God, we just want to thank you this evening for just some deeper reflections on just where things are. I want to begin tonight with prayers for those down in Florida. There's a lot of difficult things happening. We're seeing a lot of loss of property, and we know there's loss of life. It's a very massive turmoil and shakeup. So what we pray is that those that are going through this can see the blessing in being freed from the connection of material things, even though those losses can be hard, and to realize that you're there for them. And that with that, we can see the rise of the fellowship, the remnant here that can reach out and be prepared to reach out, whether it's by prayer, whether it's by face-to-face contact or support in any way, emotional, physical, We can see these opportunities as blessings given to us by you, where we can come together and continue to build and expand and deepen our love in Jesus and to you, Father God. And for the many that are still just wandering out here, may they have the encounter with somebody who's walking with Jesus, this beautiful nation that you've helped build, this barge nation. May you bless all of us everyone in Bart's Nation, Father God, to be able to have that light of Jesus to shine through in such an amazing way, that just being in the presence of those that are in love with Jesus is something just rubs off onto them, and they want to seek it, and they want to know what it is. And in those moments, let us be the wise guides, the wise men, the wise women who can point the way with compassion, and humility, and hopefully those that seek will find need to drink from the trough of life. Guide us and protect us, and we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. So a special call out to our mods tonight as well, and to this There is a dedicated core that always comes here every night, every show. I just, I'm thanking you very sincerely. I mean, for the work that's put in and the dedication to seeing this show, we crossed 31 million downloads earlier this evening. And that's just amazing. 31 million, 120 countries We continue to see the growth and expansion of the channel. And it's beautiful to watch, and it's beautiful to realize what we're all part of, and this is really a blessed channel. This is a blessed fellowship, and it's blessed through Father God. All of this has happened through Father God, and more importantly, all that are here, we've listened, and that's what's important, is we've listened to where he's guided us. I can't tell you how many stories I hear of people saying, I found your channel because Father God led me, or something like that. And the other great thing is just the testimonies. And for those of you that are writing the notes, thank you. They're so moving. The testimonies of people talking about finding Jesus through this channel. That, that's a true blessing. So thank you, all of you. I'm deeply humbled um, and honored and blessed by all that we've built here. And just pray that we continue to expand this reach it out, bring more people into the fold to hear the words that God places through us and connect with the fellowship that continues to support each other and grow in such an amazing way. So again, thank you. So Patriots, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil, never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. Man, is he with us. I've just had six weeks of him being 100% with me. He's with everybody. And he's never going to forsake us. He just continues to just pour out our, his love when we're reaching and giving him all of ours. And so even though we say all the time, in the end, God wins. God is working through us to win this victory. And it's moving and it's happening because he trusts us. So just remember, we're at war, and we are at war. And with that, we're walking with Jesus in a bold and powerful way. We're walking under that banner of Christ. And the mission is a mission that never stops. Occupy that land, expand the kingdom, and keep that mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tomorrow afternoon for Bended Knee. Until then or until the next time God bless Good night Thank you And out for now
1: Oh I wanna feel Something I just wanna Breathe Again Dive into the Deepest Oh I wanna feel something Let me get back in my